Well, I want to welcome each one to this part of the service. I I would have been satisfied to just live on what we've heard this morning already. I have been challenged. And, but yet, shouldn't be amazingly, but some of the things they've been sharing is kind of coincides with the message about faith. You know, had they not taken this step of faith, they would not be learning what they've been learning. But it's taking that step of faith. And that's what excites me, is that I'm surrounded with those who have faith and are willing to take that step. You know, if we go just as far as what I can do myself, it's really not faith. I'm, I'm just trusting in myself. It's not the end of me yet. It's when I go beyond myself and I start trusting God. And you know, um, heard that, uh, you know, Levon and Beth, they'll be leaving December 12th. They don't know where they're going to be staying. And I thought, hallelujah, here's this man that not everything's in order, but yet he's trusting that the one who is in control of everything He's got it all worked out. Amen. You keep walking. That's what I'm impressed with. That's faith. And that's where we can experience, I'm getting ahead of myself, that's where we experience that the perfect law of liberty. Because it's no longer me. It's not I, but Christ who liveth in me is what I live for now. I've got so many words and... Uh, And, uh, and here I'm adding it. <laughs> but in everything that we should do, that we do, we should do it in a childlike faith. That we are hanging on. We should hang on as if our life is depending on it. Because it really does. When we're truly crucified with Christ, it's all Him. Our life depends on that. In the last message, I shared that in the end of, when it's the end of me, that's when true faith is born. We metamorphose into a new life. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's metamorphosis. I'll show you. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, if we're not transformed in our mind, we're not going to be able to see what is that perfect will of God. You know, we... we are, Many times we ask, I wish I'd know what the will of God is. This says we know the will of God if our mind has been transformed. I'm not saying I'm always there, but that's what the Word of God says. 
See, the word transformed in Greek is metamorphou, to transform. They're literally metamorphous, which kind of shows the new life, the born-again butterfly. See, he's, he's no longer feasting on his old. He's new. When it's truly the end of me, I have that new life. I have a new mindset. You see, the world puts their trust in themselves where we as believers, that's actually the first word rather than Christian was actually believer. We put our trust in God, which ultimately comes a life of faith. So five reasons why faith is important. Faith is the way you live the Christian life. Once you believe in Jesus Christ, how will you carry it out? By trying? No. We carry it out by trusting. It's no longer I could, I might, I should. No, it's I will. When we're living a life of faith, when God calls, it's I will. I guess I could. Maybe I should. No, I, I will. That should be our new mindset. The Christian life is lived by faith. See, four times the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If we want him, God, to pleasure in us, it's got to be a life of faith. Okay, number two, faith is the way your Christian life will either flourish or falter. See, in Matthew, uh, Jesus would say, you know, thy faith has made thee whole. Or here it's, according to your faith, let it be to you. And that still stands today. Not according to your feeling, your fame, your fortune, your friends, your fate but according to your faith, be it unto you. Believing God, just taking him at his word, is our chief duty. So therefore, thirdly, it's unbelief. The opposite of faith is the supreme evil. There is no greater evil than unbelief. And you may wonder, how, how can that be? I mean, murder and all this. That's in the world. I'm talking about the Christian. How did humanity fall in, into sin to begin with? You see, Eve believed Satan. The first sin was a sin of unbelief. She didn't take God at his word. 
For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. See, God always brings a, a way of escape. For as Adam, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. And all sin that man has co committed since that time trace their roots back to unbelief. John 3.18 He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. If we want to be free, we must believe. And that will come later. That is why unbelief is so costly. Actually, it's deadly. Spiritually deadly. Really, the reason why anyone goes to hell is because of unbelief. That's the root. And see, this believing does not merely believe like I can sit here. I believe that you can sit here for 10 minutes without sleeping. That's not the belief I'm talking about. It's this. It's actually an action, which it actually, it's, um, the Greek is pisuo, which means to have faith or to trust in. That's the belief it's talking about. It's not just the believing. It's when we truly believe, if we shall confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in his heart, he shall be saved. That's the same belief. It's when, when he has control of me. When I start walking, that's the believing. When I walk in his direction, that's when we're saved. By grace you have been saved through faith. If, we, if our faith, by faith, if our faith without works is dead. So if we say we have faith, but let's say for, a question is, how have we lived out our faith last week? Was my faith alive or was it dead? What works show that I have faith in the Almighty God? Now, if I have no works, I'm not saved because I'm saved by grace through faith. And if my faith is dead, I'm lost. Does that make, is that a clear picture? That's why true Christianity, it must be a life of faith. It must be. It's no longer trusting in myself in anything. I have forsaken all if I want to be his disciple. This, this is so huge. I mean, it's, it's beyond. I've, I've started another one because it's just, it's, it's so huge. This faith is huge. There's something that has been on my heart for years. I hear it taught everywhere. In the world and in the churches, Christians. Probably 10 years ago, God started me on this journey of trusting him. 
And then he tested me in 2008, the end of 2008. I was laid off. And then I was laid off for 13 months. So in those prior years, God had started this journey. And I see now this was just a faith if I'm going to continue on that journey. And before I go on, I want to assure you, I'm not against having money in the bank. I am not against that. We should provide. We should be good stewards. Okay? Please understand me correctly. Because where I'm going into, you could take it, I'm against having anything in the bank. So please join the ride, but don't be critical. Because I do not believe in just flying by the seat of my pants and not work, looking out for the future either. We are to be good stewards. But, I want to use a different word, not but, that eliminates. However, we dare not trust in our own for the future. If we are, that's not faith. These are truths that have been revealed to me through my walk, through my study, just bit by bit, piece by piece. This has been coming together. And there's part of it, what has started me on the journey I'm not even sharing today. It's not how much we have, it's who has it. You see, to illustrate, this man, there could be someone who has a million dollars, but it's all God's. And he's just giving, giving, he's not pursuing, or he's not even concerned what's there. He's just, it's all God's. If God says give 50,000 here, that's what he does. And there can be this other person that has $100. That's all he has. And he's focusing his life on seeing how he can gain more to build on that $100. The one with a million dollars is righteous. But the one who is concerned about his $100 is unrighteous. Because he's not fit. his faith isn't in God. Because, see, Abraham, walking in obedience, it was accounted to him as righteousness. That's how we're called righteousness. Righteous if we're walking by faith. We need to take that step. Where God, see, God, uh, Abraham didn't even know where he was going, let alone where he was going to live. He just started walking. How am I walking? See, the problem that I see is Today, we're going away from the Word of God. And we're getting other books. And we're focusing on maybe the words of Dave Ramsey. And we're living according to that. Am I against all that he teaches? No but I am against some of his. 
you know, we hear it taught here even. You know, first, make sure you keep that 10%. I'm not saying that's wrong. But what if God wants 30% today? See, I read a book. And this man is working his way up. Right? When he wrote the book, he was at 40%. And he's working on his way to that he's given 90%, and he lives on the 10%. He wants to give that much to God. And he has faith that God will get him there. I'm not saying that's all right. It's just, where are we in the walk of faith with God? Am I listening? When I get that paycheck, do I make those dollars work for me, or am I making those dollars work for God? It's a total different attitude. The me is a self-focused. How can I make this dollar work for me? That's selfishness. That's taking, that's, the focus isn't on the Almighty God. It's his to begin with. Lord, how, what do you want me to do with it this week? How many have I even asked him Wednesday when I got the check? How much, how much do you want, God? Or is it just a rope? It's, it's just... All set in stone, I know in a month from now what's going to happen with my check. Can God speak to us if that's how, how we act? Is that living by faith? It should be a daily. Again, I'm just adding and adding. <laughs> you see, I've discovered an emergency fund. That's one I've missed. Or... It's also taught that you must have a six-month, nine-month, year, three months at the minimum emergency fund. When I was laid off in 2008, sad to say, I had very little in a fund. And I went 13 months with very little, if any, help from anyone. And I don't do that as, I don't say that as being critical, this isn't even in my notes. But we were attending here, but I received nothing from anyone. When the need was there, were we so focused, making sure, this is just a question, I'm not being critical, please, but were we so focused on my own funds that we missed the need that was right in the midst? And maybe you were listening to God because I needed to learn. Because I grew in faith in that year. Tremendous. And therefore is why I say I do not focus on retirement fund or and or an emergency fund. There's some growing. But that is not my focus. I don't even name it as an emergency fund. God. I want God to be in control. If he gives so I can live for a year, if he gives so I can retire, that's not my focus. My focus, I want, is what I'm going to show you. This emergency fund that I have discovered, and it will never, ever lack. 
it will never, ever fail me. I don't care what happens around me. I don't care what happens with a stock market. It will never, ever lack. <clears throat> this is Jesus' teaching. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. What am I focusing on? But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This mammon, I wish I had the Greek word here, but it actually means wealth. You cannot serve God and wealth. Which, where is my focus? What am I pursuing? Where is my pursuit? Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Another scripture came to mind was, if we have food and raiment, let us therewith be content. If that's all I'd have, would I be content? I think every one of us has a home to live in. That's over what we, what we really need, if we just think about that. And then, I've got this letter, I think. Good time to insert it. Imagine God. Okay? He sees the whole world. And here I am. I've got plenty. Do I have debt at home and a mortgage? Yes, I do. But I have plenty. I have no clue what it is to go hungry. On the other side of the world, Sudan maybe, there's hundreds that are dying of hunger. They're starving. And this God is up here. God, Almighty God is up here, sees that. And he has just as much love for that one that's starving as he does for me. And here I am fat. What are we doing about that? In the end, God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I was hungry and you fed me. Are we feeding them? There's a need out there. And here we are, more than we can live off of for the rest of our life. How does God see all this? Where's our faith? It just, when God showed that to me, it was just, I was sick. I just wanted to give everything I have. If I just know where to, that is used good. See, some of these are not good places to put our money in because they get rich off of it. But some way, somehow, in my heart, it's just, I've got to help those children. They're dying of starvation. And I am in the world of plenty. 
more than, I don't have more than I'll live on for the rest of my life. But there's people that do. And what are we doing with it? And in the end, James 5, I guess I will go there. James 5, howl you rich for your miseries. The rust and the canker will be a witness against you because you have heaped up treasures for the latter days. Those are all there, a word to us to give us directions how to live. And But we're, we've switched over and this money makeover book or whatever we want to say. And we've gone that direction. We've lost the sight of God. That's a concern for me. It's a burden. And it was, I, to tell you the truth, I wanted really that the youth would take longer so I don't have to preach it today. It's not easy up here teaching like this. But God has laid it on my heart. I have to. I'm accountable to him. We must refocus. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. What would God say if he would audibly talk to us? What would God say? What, what is God saying to you right now? Oh, you have great faith. Or is it, oh, you have little faith? What's he saying? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now here's the emergency fund that is out of the world. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That is accomplished in heaven right now. And when I need it, it will be delivered. No questions. His word cannot, will not, ever lie. It is accomplished. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Living by faith. Do we believe it? Do we trust it? Do we live it? That's the question. We see it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's where this faith becomes real. You see, the faith is the substance of the things that we're hoping for. See, we're hoping, believing, God provides for us. When, if we are seeking his promise, he will provide for us. That's the substance, and it's also the evidence. We know he can't lie. So what he says will happen. It has happened. It's just waiting till I reach out in faith. The evidence is we know without a shadow of a doubt that in God's economy, it's already happened. It's a done deal. So then, 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God has spoken it. Do we hear it? Do we believe it? That's how we get faith. Do we believe that it's already accomplished in God's kingdom? See, when this becomes our life, when I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore, I've got enough to worry about. If I can just give that to God, there's this overwhelming peace and liberty that comes over you. It's just, I don't have to worry about it. God is taking care of it. Does that mean I just spend it foolishly? No. That does not, if you think you've got the right now, man, you can just go live it up. No. That's selfishness. That's not listening to God. In fact, that's the perfect law of liberty, is when we can experience that overwhelming liberty when there's no stress. I don't have to worry about that. God is taking care of that. I've got enough stress elsewhere. Wonderful, wonderful promise. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So, if we truly believe, should we... Should we have or should we teach that we should have these secure funds? I can't give you the answer. That's between you and God. That's where a life of faith comes in. I don't know where God has you in that. But for me, <clears throat> 10 years ago is when I opted out of 401k. What God showed me was, okay, Laverne, if you, if I would ask you to give a certain amount of money to this organization, and you've stashed it in there, what would happen? Because it's not wise drawing money, God's money out of somewhere where it'd be a 35% or more penalty. That wouldn't be wise. I'm not saying this is what God is telling you. What God told me is, I want you to have self-control, self-discipline. You don't need a secure fund if you trust me. Don't, don't try to keep up with the Joneses because once you've caught up, guess what? You've discovered they've filed bankruptcy. <coughs> or is it our goal that someday we can live like no one else does, like no one else can. Is that our goal? 
Because that's one of the sayings. Live like no one else does so you can live like no one else can. Let me show you a teaching. Does it sound like this parable that Jesus taught in Luke? Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be married. Live like no one else can. It's practically what it's saying. What did God say? But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and not rich toward God. Man, I hate to take more time, but God keeps bringing things in my mind. Um, see, in Proverbs, also says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children. Okay? But let's take the whole Bible together. Could then Proverbs be saying, you know, if we focus first on seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if we live that, we are leaving our, actually it says, to our children's children. And we are leaving a legacy, an inheritance, for our children's children to follow. Could that be the inheritance that he's talking about? I think he adds there about the sinner, his will be whatever for the righteous. Sorry, I don't have it prepared. Um, that is, we're going to reap, could you say, we're going to receive more because of, see, God has a place prepared for each one. Or his, maybe I should have worded it different, his Desire is that each soul is saved. That no, not one is lost. So he's got enough for everyone that is born. Or else he wouldn't desire all of them to be saved. So those sinners that are going to hell, we will have an abundance. So are we focusing on leaving an inheritance for our children's children that is in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Are we teaching them how to walk in faith? Are we leaving that inheritance? Because here he says, what's going to happen with all that you have? If that's what he really desires, it would be good. You've left a good fortune for your children and their children. Ephesians 4.28 also teaches us that we are to work with the hands so that we have 
to give them that need of. We can be stealing from God. If we're not listening, if we're not walking in obedience, we can be stealing from God. If we're focused on just a certain whatever. Faith, above all things, pleases God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That doesn't say hardly possible. It is impossible to please God without faith. How will you and do you please God? Five, faith is the only way to overcome the world. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I'm bringing back the list there. True Christianity is a life of faith. We must live by faith, not by sight. So in closing, I want to ask this question. Will we now be a doer of the word or a hearer only? Will this change our life? Has God's word spoken to you today? You see, the hearer only is the one that looks into the mirror and leaves and immediately forgets. Will we leave today and maybe even intentionally forget what God has been teaching, what God's word says? But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Here's the promise. This one will be blessed in what he does. That is an awesome promise. Last question is, are we the caterpillar or the butterfly? How's my life? thank you for enduring me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that we can trust in you in everything. And yes, I've focused mostly on finances today. And I know if it's your will, we'll go further in other practical areas. Thank you for giving me strength. Lord, I just pray that your word would not come back void, but that it would accomplish what you want it to accomplish. Maybe not what I want to accomplish, but what you want to accomplish, Father. Lord, I surrender to you completely. And Father, I just want to pray a special blessing on the youth, especially the ones that are serving. Thank you for raising up young men and women who want to live by faith and follow you, and that they seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. So Father, bless them. Give them the desires of their heart that they could grow 
and be more like you. And uh, as they do their daily work or whatever, Father, just give them strength and give them much wisdom as they face the duties from day to day. And keep your hedge of protection around them. Or the enemy is so hard at work trying to destroy young souls for Christ. So, Father, just protect them. Protect each one of us from the evil one, Father. That each one would hand in hand we can march into that promised land safe at a home to forever be with you. What I say first, that we can meet you in the air, that heavenly reunion. Oh, the awesomeness that we, we can't hardly, we can't hardly wait, Father. It's so exciting to think that maybe soon you will be coming. Come quickly, Lord. We want to reign with you. We want to worship you face to face. Bless each one, Father, for coming. Bless each one in this coming week as we seek first you and your kingdom and your righteousness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.